Uh, thank you for granting WLRN this interview today. Welcome. Thank you for having me. If you could just please tell us a little bit about yourself and your work and how it relates to your political beliefs. I call myself a civil rights baby because I was born in 1963. Uh, the Civil Rights Act hadn't been passed yet. The Voting Rights Act people were fighting for. I believe Kennedy was assassinated two weeks after I was born. Uh, my mother was a phys ed major. Um, my dad was at the University of Chicago um, during the height of a lot, what a lot of people fantasize about. My parents were that generation of people. Uh, my dad was an activist. Um, <clears throat> my grandmother was an activist on both sides. My grandparents were activists. She was uh, president of her chapter of the Negro Council of Women. In the 40s, she worked with uh, Mary McLeod Bethune, Ida B. Wells. Uh, she was a writer. So uh, I come from my awareness of my blackness during that time when my parents grew up in segregation. Uh, my mother was born on a sun porch because her, her preacher, my grandfather, her father was like, I'm not going to let my child be born in a basement of a segregated hospital. So they found their own doctor. And both my parents were born in Kentucky. So I am the offspring of these people who uh, some people within that time period were more active than others. That's also the illusion that there was this great monolithic time period and everybody had the same consciousness. And Oh, hell no. So I went to school, elementary school in the 60s. And school in the 70s, I graduated from high school in 1981. Uh -huh. So we were that integration babies that people fought for. So I always say that I'd love to do a film about, I call us uh, civil rights babies. I, so I'm the generation that the people fought for actually put in the school. So we were the first big groups of kids going to school with white kids and dealing with being called nigga. And um, Michael Jackson wasn't cool back then. It was like, and Prince wasn't either. You know, things were very segregated. I remember being a little girl. And we walked to the store, and there'd be this. There was this huge spray-painted graffiti that said "Free Angela Davis." And I remember going, "Mama, who's Angela Davis?" So she's like, "I don't have time for all that. We got to go shopping." You know, I'm a single black woman with three kids. I don't talk about Angela Davis right now. You know, but that was the time when Angela was in jail. They were ready. They, they had her in solitary confinement. I mean, she was fighting for her life when I was wow. a child. And and so that's where I'm coming from. So I came out in the era of those women who came of age as lesbians, as women, as feminists, as writers. So those are the women that were finding their voice in writing and theater. And Kazaki, Angela, Asada, uh, Audre Lorde. There's a wonderful book called Black Women Writers at Work, published in 1983. And when you look at the list, they have women who are heterosexual, bisexual, lesbians, openly talking about being writers, and Tazaki's huh. in it, Toni Morrison, Audre Lorde, June Jory, Alice Waugh. It's a, you know, we have a rich history. So those are huh. my mentors and my teachers. They're not imaginary people. There was a great period of renaissance that I was fed. So this is the game this lesbian was spit. So of course I'm going to be an outspoken, critical thinking dyke, okay? <laughs> that's the generation of lesbianism I come from. So that's the context with which I'm speaking from. What does black female liberation look like to you? I think that it is an 
ongoing journey and an ongoing unfolding story through the generations. You know, what did female liberation look like as soon as patriarchy started hitting and they started witch hunting? You know, what did it look like in Kali's time? What did it look like in Harriet Tubman's time? What did it look like in Audre Lorde's time? You know, so female liberation is always evolved as time has evolved and as long as patriarchy has been. So here we are in 2016, and given the context as well as my education and as well as my spiritual beliefs, you know, I, I think, you know, that we're in another battle of reckoning, uh, a global reckoning of women, and liberation is our ability to um, live freely, to be who we are as human wow. beings, let alone uh, women. Um, it's time for patriarchy to end. My running uh -huh. joke is, look, 15,000 years, y'all have been running shit. That was good. That was a good run. 15,000 years. I can imagine you feel really good about that. You know, you was running stuff. Mm-hmm. Shit was good. Never thought that 15,000 years would go so fast, but the day is over. And the time for new rule, back to balance, is in. And, you know, it's a global need. And so liberation, to me, is about safety for women, safety for all humanity, which means women are back running shit. And when I mean running things, I mean we're we we're able to just know the true nature of this planet, who we are as beings. So liberation is about uh, safety, comfort, you know, death without crisis, death without vain, food, sexuality, livelihood, the freedom to be, the freedom of violence, the freedom of degradation. So liberation implies that you, there's something wrong that one must be free from. And so part of liberation is saying, well, what it is we need to be free from? Do we even have a consistent around? What do we think we need to be free from? I think it's an ongoing question. There is not one answer. Each generation um, there are answers from the spiritual side. There are answers in the earthly plane. There's answers on all levels. So women need to sit and counsel and to discuss these things. How are we going to deal with our hungry children? How are we going to deal with this? How are we going to fix this as this collapsing? Because this shit ain't working. And those of us who patriarch is dying. So are we going to be stupid with our mouths hanging open or are we going to be what we know who we are? So liberation is the active process. It's not a passive process. It's hand to mouth, tongue, food, ritual. Uh. It's, it's sharing stories. It's changing things. It's demolishing things. It's like the police force needs to be obliterated. We know what we need, and it's time to do what we need. No more. We don't need no more research to know uh -huh. that a flip needs to happen real quick because uh -huh. uh -huh. shit is not cool. It's <laughs> not. And do we want to live this way? And we know we have the answer as women. And part of this new attack on gender and all this stuff is yet another ploy to divide and conquer. So liberation is about happiness, love. Uh, liberation is about a state of being. Liberation implies freedom and ability in one's spiritual, physical, psychic realm. What does that mean on this planet, given all that's going on? And how do we disarm? Well, number one, take all the goddamn guns away. Number uh. two, let's create an, if we're talking politics, and you said politics, so yeah. you didn't ask me about spirits. I'm talking politics. Well, if you believe one of those who wants to work on the inside, well, it's time to have a national health care system, a national education. Everything needs to be national like other civilized countries. Uh -huh. I think they call that communism. I think taking people's tax dollars to use it to give it back to them for education and health, that's communism. I lived in Europe, so, you know, yes, they would call you socialist, you know what, and look at some of the greatest women 
um, thinkers abroad. We have many uh, who always contribute to the liberation. So I think that the modern woman in 2016 has to ask herself and sit with each other and sit with difference. The educated women with the street women, the sex workers with the this, the this. And talk about well, what is what is it in your hood? You know, what are you doing on the small micro cellular level for yourself as a being, and how does that magnify into a global movement of freedom? And when women are free. We're all free because the war against women is the first war. A lot of people talk about the silencing of women. As a black bush lesbian, please tell me a little bit about what this means to you. I love this question because it doesn't get asked anymore. We used to talk about this a lot. For me, I tell people I'm a African of lesbian descent. So one of the things about being a lesbian and one of the codes that we do and what makes lesbianism unique is our love of women, and times two. <laughs> Sometimes it's a little much. That's the truth. We got to We're a little much, okay? And so, but what we do tribally and what we've done since time memoriam is care for this planet. Uh, we care for women. So the lesbian always holds the larger female interest. She appreciates the female in ways that men never will, and we never have to sleep with a woman. There's a code that lesbians have that we are here as lesbians and women, and we are of this ancient Amazon culture. That's the lesbian culture I grew up in. That's what I grew up in, okay? We didn't grow up in, uh, it's okay to say sister. You and I'll give a sister. Maybe. So it's kind of freaky to me. I, You know, like I said, I, my mentors are women who was like stripping their titties and marching naked, all this whole naked Ugh. shit. Where you, didn't, you ain't new with that. In fact, none of us are new with it. We are, <laughs> it, is, it is a movement. It, is, uh, it has been ongoing. Uh, liberation has it's been since the war against us. So what, is it, what did it look like in 1600? What did it look like in 1859? What did it look like in 1972 when they were crossing us over and dropping us off in Trinidad, Cuba? What did it look like then? How are women fighting? How are we fighting in 2016? So here I am, a butch who passes as a man, who looks like a man. As a butch in 2016, coming from the culture of loving women, where all of a sudden I'm told that it's not cool to love your vulva, vagina, say orgasm, anything related to who I am as a being. You just want me to relegate it to all these bizarre. And I'm a woman first. Uh, I see the threat from many directions. So on one level, it's okay to me to celebrate my womanhood as, as a black woman. Yeah, black lives matter, <laughs> women. But as a lesbian. I'm not. There's something wrong with me celebrating being a woman and female. And so why is that? Because it's the same. Well, homophobia, we're just doing it differently now. There's an element of our community that has been Uncle Tom stepping fetches and willing to play the whore for the money, the red carpet, the smile. Look, it's cute. It's cute, but you can get there with politics. Plenty of women have done it before. Plenty of women have not sold out for the goodies. But look, a lot of us have. I've watched plenty of my sisters get flipped for the money, for that tokenism that happens. Yeah, you run in the so-and-so department. Notice I'm not mentioning what school, what department, but trust and believe. I get more details in the book, but it's like, and hasn't that always been that there's always every race got a, they Uncle Tom? And so, you know, 
uh, but as, so as a black lesbian in these current times, it's like women need to educate themselves about the current narrative of how misogyny looks like. What does misogyny look like in 2016? So it's really interesting how they're showing you all these shows like Game of Thrones, Mad Men, and doing period piece, patriarchy and sexism, and then they're doing all this modern shit. And white women, would you please stop being the tokens for this shit and colluding? So as a black woman, um, as particularly with this queer movement and Everybody's telling me what dick and pussy I need to be liking. It's like, oh. I know what I like. So really what this is about female erasure and, and every period and generation of women had to deal with how how are they coming at us in 1800? How did oh. they do it in the 60s? So as women, we have to be willing to sit and say, how are we internalizing this patriarchy? How are we fighting each other over this? The women's movement got really savvy when the lesbians got involved. Uh, That's when it got savvy. That's when Title IX got passed. That when shit was popping and locking and flipping. And they was like, oh, no, we can't have this, so let's start busting it up. How are we going to bust it up? Let's bring in gender identity. Let's flip some bitches and put them on their back. Uh, let's do all this shit and give them the money and co-opt them and let uh, them walk the red carpet skin and grin because it's sexy. Look, I want a widescreen TV, too, and I do want front row seats at the dick. I I do, but I'm not willing to suck your dick and do this for that. And on the other side, the activist has gotten so two-dimensional and so cowardly. Bitch, stand up. Look, black women are making less than we have in 40 years, sweetie. 40 uh, years. We uh, still make 34 cents to the white man's dollar, and we still make that. And the white woman, I think she makes whatever to Okay, and my other thing is we don't count Native Americans because we call them Native Americans. They're actually the worst off, and I really feel like until we honor them first, before we mention our blackness, we'll be free. Don't get me started about that topic. That's another show. It's like, excuse me, in order to usher in capitalism and then they had to genocide them, then they brought in the slavery. Know the history, okay? While they're shipping us, they're annihilating these people here. Know your collective history. Stop doing isolated history. We need to coalition build way better. So as a black woman, I'm concerned that I'm now a menstruator. I'm concerned that educated women, every single woman, all three of them of the black life women, they are highly educated. They presented papers at the UN. One has her degree in fucking philosophy and religion. That's a lot of reading and writing. So they're all highly, at one Nigerian born, mix of Nigerian, African parentage, first generation born, and another's a badass mom. So look, you're all privileged. You got this dialogue from academia, and it's, con- it's like, look, I had to look at my internalized oppression. Why are you any different? And don't be the mouthpiece or the pawn for the man, sweetie. You're the modern day pawn. Spike Lee addressed it. And so we've always had art to address. So for me as a black lesbian and a woman, it's like stand our ground, speak our truth. It's it's time to flip this. It's 2016. This is tacky. There, there are other places on the earth that are far more sophisticated for women to live in. I've lived abroad. I've lived in socialism. I've lived in Europe. You know, I've lived with Africans. I've lived in the islands in Hawaii. America is a construct. Let me also put this in. This is a very important piece to put in. Gay men 
and the gay men's community, they're not even discussing this issue because it's not an issue in their community. No one is telling gay men to end Michigan's festival. Yo, you know that gay man thing where 10,000 gay men come and jerk off and fuck for two days in Mexico uh-huh. City uh-huh. and it costs a grand to go? Ain't nobody shutting that down. Uh-huh. And CLR ain't shutting them down. Like my sister said, who's straight. Oh, when you put Chaz Bono, who's a transgender man, on the cover of Esquire, GQ, call me. Same old dick, just in a dress. And this is what I say to people. I said, look, bitch, let me tell you something. I don't care if it's a dick is under a kilt and some pants and sweatpants and high heels with a bouffant hairdo, makeup, lipstick, with nothing, a kimono, a malong. If it's a dick with some balls, part of a dick, looks like a dick, feels like a dick, I think it's a dick. I don't want it. You don't have shit to say about it. And fuck off. The thing is, as black people, we're being very co-opted, and it's coming from the educated ones. Excuse me, we've always had transgender people and things. What we did need to do and what the black communities do and all our communities to do was step up our progression around um, authenticity and gender fluidity within the sexes. You know, it's like, look, everyone who's transgender from Janet Moss to these bitches, when you read their um, memoirs, tell you about how daddy put them in the trash can, beat their ass because they got caught in the closet with heels. Well, that's bound to make you feel bad. So I love that scene in Empire when they show him very poignant scenes where he's a little kid and the dad finds him in high heels and puts him in the trash can. And, you know, children are fast learners. We know how to pretend. And that's where dysphoria comes from. And quit blaming lesbians. It is not lesbians beating up gender nonconforming males in the bathrooms. It's sick, sadistic, uh, oppressed men who can't handle their own sexuality, who are targeting fucking these transgender women behind the scenes, getting uh. mad because they're freaks. Look, I'm a social worker and worked in the sex industry, okay, bitches? I ran transgender support groups, did needle exchange. When black people, we've allowed this whole weird conversation that come from academia to kind of permeate some major stuff. Trust me, when the department, when the head of the Department of Justice talked about transgender shit before she talked about the linking of black Americans to America during a meeting, you know that agenda is being funded because it's really about misogyny. They're like, bitches, we're going to invade your shit no matter what. Bitches need to, if I need to lift up your pants and pull them down for you to come in my club, I will do that. If you going to make me do that, I will do that because guess what? Your elite men's club do while you're wanking off and hiring your bitches and fucking. Everybody got a dick down. I'm a tomboy and I can pass for a man, so I know a lot of the culture. Okay, uh, uh, and a lot of people talk about gender shit aren't even the gender nonconforming. There are all these people just in the money game or the lobbyists. Meanwhile, uh, the real transgenders and those of us doing the work are like, see, they're selling us out. And there have been people talk about the whole, don't sell us out for this uh, menstrual show. And they're uh, those that are always willing to get on their back. And that's what we need to call out and quit hurting our women and separating them and letting them be put to the wolves by these fucking wolves. Bitches are losing their jobs over this. They're, we lost Michigan women. Said, look, and the other thing is they did it through white women because they knew black women have saw. Ain't no way we say it's a woman's event only, bio women, and some tranny go walking in. Please, they, we, that doesn't happen in our community. So we also uh-huh. need to say, look, so in terms of white women, what they need to do in terms of patriarchy, you need to stand your ground. And we uh-huh. need to quit fighting for mammy yet again. The black woman has already established herself with white men, patriarchy, and her black men. Well, what the white women needs to do, quit colluding, get some balls, quit breeding, fucking, and sucking that dick. Call them bitches 
now you expect me to deal with my black men and, ooh, he's a bad dude, and you expect me to deal with the niggas in my community. Well, go deal with your bitches and yours. Go deal with the white men and yours because you run it wild. Other thing is that white women think they're not suffering in their DNA from these things. It's like the white woman's temperament is very nervous and very fragile, and uh-huh. that's from the side effect of your shit. Just like the black woman, we got high blood pressure and all kinds of shit. Your bitches are tricky. And you don't think, because of your privilege, you don't think you're suffering. Well, bitches, yes, you are, because you're some of the most nervous, un- unstable bitches I know. And that's uh-huh. that little secret that privilege can hide. And so they got mad at the white lesbians who were starting to tell that tea, and they started shutting down that movement through the white lesbians. Through academia, that many niggas in academia to put up a fight against uh-huh. them. Ain't that many of us in academia to be like, no, bitch. And oh, they wow. said, we're going to take your job. You seen the movie Spike Lee's Bamboozled? I did. It's like Manchurian Candidate meets Where the Dog meets Bamboozled. That's what this matrix is, these bitches painting. And quit sucking that dick. Get off that titty and that money. The master's tools will never dismantle the master's house. You got me going. I'm sorry. Could you tell us a little bit about your new book and what inspires you to write? I will be published twice this year. Um, I'm going to first put a shout out to the, there's a new lesbian anthology coming out called Dispatches. It's being typeset now. It comes out December 1st. It is a new lesbian anthology. It's got a range of stories about lesbians. The erasure, the culture, the history, what to do to sustain it. You have stories around detransitioning, stories of how Michigan shut down. You have stories around the culture and what you all was missing, stories about what we need to do. It's sexual, it's political, it's funny. So I co-wrote the introduction to that. And so look out for that. And then my book is called Stepping Between Storms, which I'm self-publishing and working with my editor. And hopefully it'll be out sometime between October 31st and my birthday, November 10th. Stepping Between Storms is a memoir, a coming-in-age lesbian memoir about my life from when I came out in 1984 in the military. And it's broken down by decades. So it's the 80s, 90s, and the 2000s. So all the poetry, journal, memoir notes, and prose and stuff from the 80s, 90s, in 2000 there, then there's a current narrative that I talk about, you know, from this perspective of my life then. Then there's the, an appendix where people, a resource guide where people can, you know, look at books and kind of find out what was there, also what's there now, and a curriculum for people to um, uh, take to schools to talk about sexuality and gender nonconforming outside of the boundaries of sexuality, but more in the bounds of sex. And let's just talk about sex-based depression. All this other stuff is malarkey to mm. me. So the book is all the poetry. It has original journal notes, all my poetry, photographs, a timeline. Mm. Uh, so it's my autobiography, my autobiographical memoir. And it's self-published because as a lesbian, as a as a butch, as one who has always had to make her own economy, and one of the things I want black women, and it's a global movement, it's the global female economy. How are we going to sustain ourselves? as patriarchy collapses, and even under the society that we live under now, look at the status of black women. We're making the least amount of money. We're being pushed out. So how do we buy land together? We need to use our collective intelligence. You know, part of what we need to realize is that we all have stories, you know, from that uh, woman will never know. We all have a story. And the be- and the thing about the microcosm of lesbianism at to global is celebrate your life. Celebrate your individual life. All stories are important. They're important to those around you. We're all members of a community, no matter how famous, 
small underground, no one will ever know. We all have communities that we function within. And so we need to honor those communities and we need to celebrate them. And we need for everybody to have room. And I think the divide and conquer has got the LGBT community just skinning and grinning and going for the trinkets. And, you know, put your politics, let's stop this crap. We all, as black people, have a medical medical apartheid. What an incredible book that is. It's like we all have a distorted history with the medical establishment, and none of us should be victim to it, and we should be supporting all of us there. Uh, no transgender client, no queer client, no, les- no straight client should ever go to the doctor alone in this medical establishment. The more other you are, the more controversial you are. Of course, it's going to be a bitch slap in the doctor's office. What you think? I can't wait to read your book. I can't wait till it's over. It's like delivering a baby. I've been sequestered for like a year and four months. You know, I write for performance, and so that's very different writing a book. But I'm lucky I have an editor who I work with. It's a very lovely process, so I'm looking forward to sharing the work. And so this interview is very timely. The subject is timely. I love Maya Angelou in the book Black Women Writers Working. She said there's nothing like an idea whose time has come, and black women need to realize that time for ideas is always coming. You know, there's such wisdom in this book. So in the book, I'm going to give you books to read, but from my perspective, the books that impacted me from today through my history. So you get a personal viewpoint as well as actually some good material. It's like, oh, black women writers at work. That's one of the baddest books on the planet. R.V. Lord, you know, there's so much, there's a film. We have an incredible film history that has been missed and photographers and we had centers and clinics and and they were like, oh no, we can't have this. And when lesbians started influencing straight women, oh hell no, we can't have that. And when the white girls was getting hip to it, it's just like in the movement with the Panthers. Oh hell, that's when Malcolm was a threat when he started working with the Irish boys. That's when they killed Malcolm. They started shooting them kids at Kent State, Berkeley, because the white kids was catching on. Uh-huh. That's the history. That's my other thing. Don't step to me if you don't know the story. That's uh-huh. disrespectful because you, what you're saying is I don't know your work. You wouldn't be so bold if it wasn't for niggas dying on the street. You armchair <laughs> activist smiling for Pepsi and Coca-Cola and been to the Super Bowl and got three tickets. Your brothers and sisters, the money they spend on the halftime show alone could feed a nation every year. You defund our structures if it's like, come on, what do you mean liberate our schools? Mm-hmm. Look, all the female intelligence. I love bitches there. I went to UCLA. I went to Stanford. I went to Harvard. I went, well, make your own goddamn schools. Who you for whose permission see the dual consciousness and people need to study their black history because let's face it in order to study black history that's advanced education only way you're going to get black history is if you're in some cool after school program you go to community college or you in harvard you're in a higher institution so what should be normal history and accessible are books and libraries you got to do research Tell me a little bit about Black Lives Matter movement as you see it unfolding and what's right about it and what do you think is wrong? As a mentor and a mother, how beautiful of them. You know, thank you, Jesus. That's old school me talking. The (laughs) radical dyke is like, yeah, raise a roof. The feminist in me is like, "Mm mm-hmm, ain't it always a sister? Ain't it always? Ain't it all? 
hallway, the political one in me is like, okay, we need to sit down. Can I consult with you? I'm so proud of them. Um, I like many things. And many things, I'm like, mm, you need some spiritual counseling. You need a little advisor. I think you need some advisors where it has nothing to do with politics and this, but just like, hey, there's some things you're missing, honey. And you need to stop using certain language. You need to stop it. You're being played a little bit against yourself. And I challenge you to push a little further. It's not nothing about condemnation. I, this is what it means to them, how beautiful that the next generation is clicking up the torch and willing to keep the continuity going. There's a few things, you know, that they need to be challenged on. Very disappointed to see that they use the term cis in their documentation. Very disappointed to see that they never would put the word gay, lesbian, or bisexual in print. That the only people that they named were queer and trans. And just, you know, stop doing that. Stop grief whoring. Stop doing that. That's what kills movement. If you say Black Lives Matter, then why are you saying queer and trans? You've already said we all matter. And so when you put one's agenda for another, that's when you know, look, they're popping and locking. They're going to the White House. They present that the win. But I would have cautioned them because they have a great role that their ancestors are really watching them. I would really ask them to come talk to me. I really would. Uh, as a lesbian, you know, I'm very proud of them. I want them to, you know, take a, a greater hold as women. And we have a national agenda. I mean, coalition building, really learn more about coalition building, really get out of the narrative of, okay, you've named your, who we are. Yes, we are Black Lives Matter. That's great. But you've got to hold hands with the Native Americans in a much better way. Their numbers are worse than everybody's, but because they're considered federal tribe, we don't get there numbers. So their numbers are separate. They can't even try. They could they just passed Obama. That's one of the few things this nigga did do in office was he finally made that women and cases can be tried in a normal court and on 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 reservations. So they're not even getting their numbers. They're of course they're the most worse off. It's Native American and black. It's not black than Native American. People need to know what time it is. It's like no, no, no. Black people and Native Americans need to be walking hand in hand because our histories are linked. And or for us to get the land to enslave and to farm all that shit and to do industrialize, you had to get rid of the people that were here first. So quit making us the, the biggest and baddest. We need to stop grief whoring. Stop doing that. That's all I would say. Be willing to do the dirty work. Be willing to cry. Be willing to do more ritual. Be willing to tell the truth about black rage. Be willing to talk about the healing, the rape, the incest. Be willing to set up places to actually heal. How are we going to process this grief? How do we, you know, shit, where are the, where are the basketball courts? Where are the recreation centers? Where are we decompressing? That is what I would advise them to be doing. Where are the structures? Where, where are our film schools? Where where are our schools? Where are our food programs? Where are our things? Don't really create the wheel. We just have to figure out how to not be infiltrated and not let difference divide us. And homophobia divided us and sexism divided us. I'm boycotting Birth of a Nation. I can't do it. I have to boycott it. No, niggas, no. You don't get to rape a bitch and then get my money. Sorry. No. And see, that's where women need to come together. Stop. You don't get to rape a bitch in school and think that now I get the word I'm a bull, Bill, Bill Cosby. You're talking to an incest survivor. No. And that's the other thing. Stop colluding with the sexism and we'll be freer. Get the dick out your mouth. Get it out your mouth. Get it out your brain. Get out your vagina and your head. And that's why they're mad at lesbians because the lesbian doesn't need it in any way. The lesbian identity says, I don't need you, but I can be friends with you. In fact, I get along better with men than straight women do. Yeah. I talk about yeah. that in my book. You know that Black Lives Matter was founded by a group of women who identify as queer. Yeah. 
what are your thoughts on this, and how can we work with Black Lives Matter to be more inclusive of black lesbians? So, you know, it's the same work that's always needed to be done. I think that the media has got us thinking because, and that's the other do wa diddy flippy do is because we can say transgender on TV and show weird, bizarre sex that we somehow it's matching in society when there's far bigger issues going on. They've sexualized everybody, and I wish people quit Uncle Tom and step in fetching it. Um, there are queer women, but I think what people need to understand is the use of language, culture, and things. So my first response to that is you're talking to a lesbian who came of age when queer, faggot, dyke were what you got called before someone punched you or hit you or beat you or shot you. So the reclamation of the term dyke, bull dyker, fag, queer in the 70s and 60s was us just like nigger reclaiming it. So so we're going to flip it. It's like, yeah, I'm a faggot and I'm proud. Yeah, I'm queer. I'm proud. Yeah, I'm a dyke, bull dagger and I'm proud. That's what it meant back then. Well, now... Queer means something else, and there's a little, and those powers that be that are trying to create the uh, divide know that. So of course, when you have infiltration and you're trying to break shit up, they know that history. So of course, a lot of us in the game were like, "Yeah, queer girl, yeah, queer," like you know. Um. So, but what was what was what we did know at the time, and we know now, is that oh, you ushered in something different. So queer isn't what we meant back then, just like nigger wasn't. You can say nigger to people and they'll laugh, or you can say nigger to people and they're ready to shoot you. We know the difference. So uh-huh. it's colloquialism, it's language, so we need to be willing to have discourse about that. Um, like, you know, just like, why are people comfortable with nigger now and white people saying it and everybody's saying nigger now? Why? That's also the power of language. That's uh-huh. also the power of colloquialism. That's also the power of time and change. Um, so queer went through the same thing. Well, queer now um, means uh, a variety of things, and part of the hocus pocus around the queer agenda. And I want to separate agenda from realness. So the queer agenda has been like, uh, well, everybody's queer. You know, if you have a freaky thought, if you ever thought of sucking dick, eating ditty, or doing something nasty, you must be queer. That kind of takes the burden off. It's like queer could mean you fuck a trans man. Queer could mean you dress in panties at night and then, you know, uh-huh. run around in this. Queer might mean, you know, some days it's Johnny and some days it's Lucy. Queer might mean this, you know. So those who adopt the term queer are talking about a variety of things from gender to they're mixing it all. And that's why queer, when it's adopted as this umbrella term that we're supposed to get under, that's not describing me. It's describing a group of people to me who are very pansexual, who are very fluid. That's what queer means to me, which is why I don't identify with queer. Do I think they're queer people? Hell yeah, there are some queer ass motherfuckers on this planet. You'd be a fool to say nah. I know plenty of people that, yeah, you the freak of the week. And so we used to be like that. And so what you did was you used our own sexual practices and things. You started making shame for them. Everybody knows they're freaky people, no matter what gender, no matter what sexuality, whether you're wearing a girl's skirt, a freak of the week. And so you're making sex this weird thing. And so to me, that's what queer means. 
And so I understand there are pansexual people who last week it was this and this week, bitch, you a freak. But somehow we've lost the fluidity and the honesty. And lesbians, we were just starting to really get that dialogue with women and straight women around. Yes, we're learning that I might be good Sally in the fem with the high heels. Oh, I might be daddy with the underwear. Oh, I might do it both. I might do none of it. And so lesbians were saying, we're all of that in this female form. Uh Uh-oh, that's too powerful to say that. So we need to throw in this transgender flip and this whole queer flip so we can get bitches doing that. What's a pussy? Is it real? As a lesson, I can't possibly fuck with no dialogue. Like, oxy lord, all my elders who are gone before me would slap me. They'd probably come haunt me and bitch slap me to fall for this uh, Jim Jones Kool-Aid drink. My straight sister said, so when they rape you in that imaginary pussy and that imaginary baby drops out of that imaginary, what do we call that? Seems like the only thing that can't be is, is lesbian. Everybody right. else is cool. Everybody else is cool. So I bring humor to it. It's like it's 2016. It's like, okay, sweetie, I'm going to be like Paul Mooney, the comedian. I see I have to get like that with you bitches. I'm going to say lesbian until my teeth turn white. And the thing is, it's like, according to academia, you bitches think you done kicked us out. But, sweetie, just walk the streets. Just, you know, the revolution will not be televised. So this mythologic thing that you run in point on everything, that's not what I'm picking up on. I'm picking up on women starting to question stuff. And so that's how we should use technology and social media. And I would like Black Lives Matter to do more films. I'd like them to do more radio. I'd like them to actually, if you're saying global, actually go to Africa like they went to the to South Dakota, report from South Dakota, give me a podcast from this, give me a video from that, give me the film from that, okay, the money from that, set up a school in Chicago, set up a school there. Uh, we have to be independent because patriarchy is falling, and if you think they're going to give us goodies, honey, they're looking for themselves. The man is organizing around their dick, and you ain't uh-huh. never been a part of that, sweetie. Whether they're gay or straight, little bit in between, fuzzy was he had a bear. Men ain't, okay, they got their man cave going. Ain't Nobody knocking on the man cave door talking about, and let me get real for you. Any trans man who's going into gay world, put your ass in the air. You ain't coming up in here talking about, well, you need to accept me. No, bitch. Trust, I'm a social worker. You bitches are lying. So all that secrets and lies you want to keep, look, people are freaks. Why not? Quit stigmatizing sex, and the lesbians had done this work. So you people came in and broke liberation. Go back and do some history and find out what was taken, what was taken from you. And then upgrade the model, because, yeah, honey, we do have shit to talk about. And as far as I'm concerned, study Ida B. Wells. Black Lives Matter needs to study Ida B. Wells. You need to put international pressure. Ida B. Wells was able to get the international business community to boycott um, corporate America. That's what made them change. Okay, so do your research. Don't be so arrogant. Everything on the Internet isn't true. Hold some meetings. Hug each other. Meet. Sniff each other. Have some cocktails. Uh, Invite your elders. Play. Let's have fun. What advice do you have for our listeners who are largely radical and lesbian feminist women who really want to make social change in our lifetime? Uh, Begin at home. And by beginning at home, that means sitting with yourself and asking yourself who you are as a being, who in you are in mind, body, and spirit. Find out who you are, uh, what you love, what makes you tick, um, what triggers you, what makes you laugh, what makes you cry, what makes you powerful, what makes you weak. Get an assessment of who you are and what you have to offer. Um, Heal the wounds 
before you go out healing others. Find out who you are before you do this journey because the, the best you means the best work you do. And oftentimes, uh, many things that Audre Lorde and many of them said, they worked in crisis. They worked um, in sexist relationships. They worked not really healed. So we're modern women. So we're the next generation. So start at home. Uh, I really encourage women to really understand who they are on a cosmic level, on a physical level, on a sexual level, on a spiritual level, on a political level, on a personal level, and what makes you tick. And then really look at, well, now that I know all those things and whatever, what do you want to do? You know, uh, what are the realms that you can contribute your energy to flipping this bitch? Um, well, I'm a teacher. I'm a painter. I'm an artist. What what drives you? You know, uh, you know. I love when I'm working with you know science. Well, some's like I love when I'm stripping. One's like, well, I love when I'm painting. One's like, well, I love when I'm at the podium talking. One's like, I love setting clinics in the war zone. So find out who you are, and then. Uh, the, the, the larger movements are, okay, well, we know we have a planet to heal. We know we have sex trafficked children. We know we don't have nutrition in schools. We know all that. So how are we going to do this? And then use that genius to um, raise those resources, put those things together, put that intelligence, because we have work to do. We have healing to do. So uh, charity begins at home and then goes abroad. You know, it's mind, body, spirit. You cannot help someone and uh, without helping yourself first. You know, a lot of people are doing work as sex survivors of trauma, and then they're trying to help people trauma. They're getting triggered. They're not effective. They get burnt out. No such thing as burnt out. I'm not burnt out. I'm not burnt oh. out. It's because I know how to tell the truth. I know how to relax. I know how to laugh. Uh, yeah, life's a bitch, and this shit is ugly, but it can come to an end. But you must be a good warrior. A good warrior takes care of themselves. A good warrior does not put their issues on others. A good warrior is not trying to make their agenda if a good warrior actually is for the betterment of the people. So if you're not for the betterment of yourself, which begins at home on an intercellular level, how are you going to be the best for the masses? You start from a cell, that sperm and that egg come together, and you're either intersex, uh, male or female. And then you grow, and then, you know, you become this being. So who are you? from the cell who, who are you and uh you pick who you are you don't let anyone pull you from your past you be authentic and you sit with yourself and it's not based upon oppression so many of decisions based upon our oppression based upon who, uh, rather than our own heart's desires so um that's what i've learned from women in the 60s my foremothers who suffered in that sexism and who were quiet and who that's the advice i got live tell the truth uh be authentic. So when you're authentic, you can help. I'm an artist. I want to be as successful as hot sauce, but I'm not selling my soul and giving my, you know, I'm being authentic. You know, who are the real artists? I mean, uh, who are we? Uh, how do you envision your planet? How do you want your day to look like? Uh, we don't want our children being shot in the streets. We don't want people hungry. Uh, we want everybody to have a crib. We want anybody to do what they want. Uh, university education isn't the only education. There's community education. There's field education. There's so many ways to learn and get out the matrix. What do you see? And so, but it begins at home. It begins with bathing, exercising, laughing, healing the wound, telling the truth. If you're an incest survivor, deal with that. If you've been raped, deal with that. If you have rage issues, that. If you're a whole co if you're all of the above, heal yourself before you go out the field.
or anything you want our listeners to know before we go? Yeah, live, love, laugh, look beyond the matrix. This is a beautiful planet. Our lowest common denominator in all of our work and coalition building should be our humanity, not our ethnicity, not our sexuality, but our humanity. We're all different. We're all freaks to somebody. Read Judy Grand's Another Mother Tongue. Read Audre Lorde's Sister Outsider. Read Black Women Writers at Work. Enjoy your sexuality. Speak about sexuality. Speak about beauty. Work with the children. They're our most important people. Pay attention to the children. We're not loving them, helping them. We need to create places for our children to be loved. And patriarchy's dead, bitches. 